And if I must go and die at 27 Then at least I know I died a legend Now, will you roll and ride like we're together And keep the vibe alive inside forever And feel me forever What's up guys and welcome back to this episode of the podcast. Cam here, uh, happy to be with you. I'm sorry that this is a little bit late. I know that um, I, I've been trying to get them up every three days, so every Monday and then every Thursday night I try to have one up for you. Um, I'm a little bit late, it's Tuesday, sorry about that. Mm. First thing I wanted to talk about, um, Wake Forest, Notre Dame, Notre Dame played great. Under Ian Book, uh, they benched Brandon Wimbush, which I've been talking about since the beginning of the season needed to happen. Very, very happy to see. The offense just clicked. They looked a lot more confident as a as a unit, and the defense just kind of rallied behind that, which they've been playing great all season. Really happy that um, really happy that they pulled together a solid win against a very good Wake Forest team. So um, I was happy to see that. We've got Stanford this weekend. That's going to be a huge game. As I understand it, it's going to be number seven playing number eight. Notre Dame's number eight, I think, and uh, Stanford's number seven. So that will be very, very cool. Mm. I wanted to, kind of a fun fact, kind of a fun fact. Um, And then I'm going to revert back to this at the end. The chance of you existing was one in 400 trillion. So that's that's a fun fact. Out of, obviously, you know, you get it, sperm counts, whatever. One in 400 trillion, and you made it. So remember that fact for um, for a later talk. I did a cool, I did kind of a cool post. I watched this podcast called Tiger Belly, where the comedian Bobby Lee, uh, he's always talking about how much he plays video games. They say he'll play it for 12, 15 hours, and then he'll go sleep for 12, 15 hours. And he has a girlfriend, and they do a podcast together, and he actually has a very successful acting and stand-up comedy career. So it's funny, and somehow that works for them. And when I did the poll, and I said, you know, what's your take on being in a relationship with a spouse who games a lot? Only because that was a major issue for Nicole in her last marriage, her last husband played video games all the time. She said she felt very, very left out. Uh, she felt very lonely a lot of the time. And for Kalila, Bobby Lee's girlfriend, um, it works. And, she, you know, she that's the life that she um, is comfortable with. And somehow they collab very well together, even though they contradict each other at the same time. And Nicole and I get along very well because I don't play any sort of video games. I don't... It's not for me. You know, even when I had... Um, consoles like four or five years ago I uh, I would play like one game of Madden and I would be bored and I'm done or Call of Duty even those one person shooter games I just I'm not a, I don't know I'll play around and yeah I'll have fun but I have other stuff I want to be doing I don't want to I don't even really want to sit in front of a computer or a TV and watch TV all day that's why I listen to podcasts because I can listen to that on the move um, but yeah, the, the reviews were very mixed. I saw some people, uh, and I think it was actually all, uh, women who responded 
they said, um, about half of them said, hey, you know, my husband or my boyfriend or whoever, he works 60 hours a week. So when he comes home, I, you know, I let him enjoy his time. I let him do his thing. I don't see a problem with that. You know, uh, we get our time together still. And I don't, you know, if that's how he wants to spend his time, that's how he should spend it. And then there was other people that were like, get a new spouse, been there, done that, completely neglected. And all this stemmed from watching that Tiger Belly podcast, but also I just saw a, a report, and I don't know how real it was, but in the United States, there's been like, I think it was either 1,400 or 14,000 uh, applications for divorce, and that Fortnite game was the reason for the cause of the divorce. <laughs> so I don't know. I could definitely see it. I see how some people get into these video games, and it takes them to a whole nother planet takes them to a whole nother world so they kind of like that and they uh, and actually it's kind of neat because when you look into that community you see that a lot of people believe in like the simulation theory which is that we all live in a simulation and somebody's actually kind of playing out our characters I think we get to make our decisions um, for ourselves and that's kind of a fun part of the simulation for whoever's playing it is you get to control their lives, but only up to a certain point. They can always make a decision, or the game can always glitch, and things can always happen that are completely out of your element, or out of your control. And a lot of the big-time gamers, they believe in that simulation theory, that somehow our, our characters, being our bodies, our persons, uh, it's being manipulated by other people who are you know, we're living in a simulation, pretty much. And it's kind of crazy to think about, but I think it's completely understandable for guys who live, and they, they live that out. I see how they could believe that. Um, if you guys can't tell, my voice is probably a little different. You can almost hear a little bit of hesitation. It's because I'm trying to get through the topics that I want to talk about that I find entertaining. But it's, it's difficult because I've got something. There's an elephant in the room, so to speak. Um, my friend, Billy Loveless, um, died on September 5th. I told the story on Instagram. And I told it on my private, um, you know, for my friends and family, my Facebook page, not my open one. And I told the story of how Billy and I met and it was when I was just kind of coming out of my dark times when I was in the veterans treatment court here in Montgomery County back in 2016 I was in a very rough place then I was going through so many ups and downs and emotions and I was trying to really figure out who I was who I was as a person who I was as a husband who I was as a father at the same time most of my freedoms had just been stripped from me you know I just spent uh, almost a week in jail I had no car because I crashed it I had no job I had nothing and through the veterans treatment court program you know every every week you have to go to so many meetings like AA meetings or self-help meetings and I didn't have a car, so I would either have to walk, Uber, you know, spend money that my wife and I didn't have, or 
um, catch a ride with somebody to go to these meetings. And if you don't go to these meetings, you get in trouble. And there's a chance, you know, you go back to jail. And Billy was one of the first people I met because we joined at the same time we had the same attorney. Billy was one of the first people that I met that I could tell was just a very genuine, genuine soul, genuine person. You could see it in his actions and his movements that he was a very, very damaged man. Uh, he was very broken. Life had, life had taken Billy, showed him the very highest of the highs and also the lowest of the lows. And I think a lot of us can, can appreciate that. Billy's battle was when things were going well, he always waited for the floor to drop out the bottom. Um, he, he could never enjoy times well enough to make them mean enough to make that his reason for existing. Uh, he couldn't make the relationships that he had in his life. He couldn't get them to a place where they were as satisfying as the high of being drunk um, and a lot of that is just because it, those beautiful moments in life couldn't mask that hurt whatever that was for him um, you know we've all got our stuff we've all got our stuff um, Billy was in the military he was in the Air Force I believe he was a, he was a medic in the Air Force and uh, Billy also worked at a place called Jostens, and he it was a it's a yearbook company, and he worked there for many years. And I mean, he had a house, and he had a he had a husband, and they had a very good relationship, uh, so it seemed on the surface. And things were finally starting to turn around for him. When I met him, and we were going to AA together almost every day, and we were texting each other back and forth hey man how you doing how's it going and then there comes a phase in the veterans treatment court where they take your alcohol monitoring device away and you're you have a lot more freedom and you don't have to go to as many classes you don't have to show up to court as much they start easing you back into freedom and that's where billy's fell the fall off started um you know, he started drinking again. He ended up holding himself up in a hotel room where he tried to fight multiple staff of the VTC and the police. Got himself in a little bit of hot water, but it kind of smoothed itself out. He had to go back on the alcohol monitoring device. And now he's in this psychiatric treatment program. Um, they're trying to figure out what's going on. He's saying that it before he drinks he passes out like he blacks out and he because of whatever he's suppressing it it manifests itself in the way of some sort of blackout where then he doesn't control what he does so this goes on for a little bit of time and he obviously blows the scram device and he's drinking again and he holds himself up this time he grabs a gun and he goes into a diner drunk off his ass, goes into a diner and holds the gun up in the air and just says, I'm going to, you know, something. I don't know what he says, but the goal is suicide by police. He wants someone to, or, you know, by bystander, he wants someone to kill him. 
So for that, he trumps himself up. Three or four good felonies on top of everything else he's got facing back in Montgomery County. And you watch this man's life fall apart all over again. And you watch it fall apart because of choices that I, I believe Billy made. But because that darkness was so much more real, so much stronger than any light he could ever encounter in life. He, something was constantly telling him that there's a part of life that I'm not living. And I don't think he knew what it was going to be that would satisfy that. He didn't know what he had to say, what story he needed to tell, what, what hurt he needed to get out before he would be free from that. Anyway, so on September 5th, uh, Billy was found dead in his home. I didn't ask if it was by suicide or anything like that. As far as I know, Billy only drank. Um, so, you know, I could see that he completely drank himself to death or something. I, I don't know. I didn't find out until yesterday, the 24th, um, that he had even passed. Now, a part of the story I didn't tell was about two weeks, around the time that Billy passed away. I got a call in the middle of like a Sunday while my wife and I were watching Game of Thrones and this lady says, hi, my name's whatever. I'm a nurse here or a nurse's aide here at, you know, wherever, a psychiatric institution. And I said, okay, how can I help you? And she said, I have your friend here, Billy Loveless, and he's saying that the only person he, he'll trust is you to come get him. And I said, well, what does that mean? You know, I come get him and I take him back to his house. I, I can't do anything for him there. And they're like, well, no, you would have to sign something saying that you're taking custody of him for X, Y, and Z amount of time. And I said, I can't do that. You know, I've got a baby on the way. I'm, I've got, it's too much. I, I don't have time to, I can't dedicate that time. And I can't impose the risk on my house of, you know, having that around. As much as I would want to and as much as my family would even support it, I, I couldn't, as a father and as a husband, make that call. And then I find out around that time he died. Um, and it just makes me realize with that, mixed with you know the death of Mac Miller, it just makes you realize that the most beautiful souls in the world are usually that way because they know the deepest darkest parts of our emotional being they've been to the very rock bottom depths the depths of of emotional struggling and a lot like myself they they don't want anyone to ever have to feel that way so most of the time they they put it out in this amazing craft or this art you know mac miller had his music I'm sure Billy had things that he did that were expressionatory, um, showed who he was. And I'm that way, you know, I have my podcast and the social media and all that. I, I tell these stories and I tell of my, 
my stuff on a public forum. Um, I think Billy really tried to do that with the relationships in his life. I think he really tried. Because as someone who I consider Billy a friend, when he was with you, it was it was very important to him. It was very much, he was very in tuned with what you were saying and he was deeply invested in how he could help make your life better. So I, I want to say rest in peace um, to Billy. I hope that you find whatever peace that is. I hope that you've now found that and that hurt has been taken away from you and and maybe you can enjoy the, the simulation from somewhere pretty awesome. Uh, I really do. And I I want to put this out as an urge to you guys. And I did it last night on, on the Instagram. If you have someone in your life that you know at one time was really having it rough, call them. Call them. Even if everything on their Instagram and their Facebook looks good, call them. Just ask them, how's things going? You know, um, I still stand by the decision that I couldn't have taken Billy in, but I definitely could have texted him. You know, I could have texted him a couple days later and asked how things were going. I could have tried to follow up and not just, you know, assume that the nurses wouldn't tell me anything. But if you just make the call, then you don't have to live with the what ifs and the what, you know. Um, and also keep being a beautiful soul. If that's who you are and you feel it so deep within you that you're the type of person that has to express that happiness onto others so that that way maybe you can impact their day in a positive manner that's a beautiful soul that's a beautiful person but also don't don't forget about yourself in that process don't don't lose yourself in fixing other people's and stop working on ourselves because um, it's easy to do it's easy to do and know that you guys are um you guys are very loved and very appreciated. If you guys listen to this podcast, know that there is somebody that cares very, very deeply about you. Um, let me see. I'm, I'm Googling something. All right, so I'm going to put this in here just in case. And if you guys don't have someone in your life that you feel that you can talk to, that you feel really cares enough to to listen and if for any reason you're contemplating suicide at this time um, the suicide national suicide prevention hotline is 1-800-273-8255 and it says available 24 hours every day so again that number is 1-800-273-8255 um, if you guys I know logic uh, did a song and that was the that was the name of the song it was a very very deep and emotional one um if it, it's that number that i just read off i believe that's the name of the song so um to go on a on a positive note to try to bring this back up i found something funny i was watching a podcast and they were talking about um college courses now i forget what state it was in I think it was majority happening in like California or something when these kids are going off to college now when they sign up for a class whatever that class may be there's there's different trigger warnings that are put on the side note of each class and that are 
announced at the beginning of the, each class. So like, for instance, if you're in a history class where maybe you're going to be a history major, the the trigger warnings would be male dominance, um, white white supremacy, um, oppression of African Americans. Like this would be the trigger warnings that you would have to be pre-warned about before taking a class. Or if you're taking psychology, they could have to warn you that they'll talk about how actually the male and female brain is different. You see what I'm saying? Um, they would have to pre-warn you that there's going to be things talked about that might be disagreed with. And to me, who's somebody who's been in college and I fucking hate it, I think it's a complete waste of time. It's all check the block bullshit so they can make money off of an education that you'll never use. But the only beautiful part about traditional college, now I'm talking at like a state university or something, you know, a, a university, a big school, not Damar College here in Clarksville, Tennessee, which is a, a very small community, like almost technical school. But like at the Ohio State University, the University of Oregon, the you know, the big ones. The cool thing, at least always depicted in the movie, is you would sit through a class, Psych 101, and it would be your professor telling you about psychology. And it was very unfiltered, and it was the way he thought about things and the references that he used. And especially if they had tenure, they didn't give a shit what you thought about it. But I don't honestly believe that people today are so soft that they need a trigger warning. I think we're putting all these unnecessary things in place out of fear that we don't upset somebody. But nobody's that upset over things. But they're, they're that upset once you draw the issue to it. I, I guess, which sounds... It sounds um, conflicting when I say that because, yeah, if you draw an issue, if you draw attention to a problem, then that may fix the problem. I've never been one to really um, care much about, like, history. I know that history is flawed. I know that we've – I've said it before in a podcast. We teach history in school – as if it's something that should be replicated and it's something that should be kind of a foundation of who we are. When really I don't believe that. I think we should be teaching history almost as, as, as a warning caution. Hey, this is what human beings are capable of. We are primal to this. It's something we need to definitely watch. Um, and yeah, there's some cool stories thrown in there like uh, Napoleon and, and stuff like that. There's Clark Kent and uh, not Clark Kent. That's fucking Superman. Um, the ones that traveled across the country, not Cain and Abel. That's Bible. I don't know. I don't remember their names like Christopher Columbus and dudes like that. But you know, even he had his own problem. He, he's, um, the one who, what did he, he introduced syphilis back into the the modern day world after he came back from discovering America. I think when he went back to Europe, he introduced syphilis to Europe. Um, but yeah, so like just cool things like that. I think we don't go deep enough into it. Like, Hey, just so you know, this story goes a little deeper than just a dude who, who, you know, discovered America. That's great. But also check out this other stuff that happened inside there. And if you tell the whole story, it doesn't sound as bad. 
and also you can you can pre-warn people against living that type of way obviously oppression of any type is wrong obviously <laughs> i don't know it's still kind of that way in in the world today that if if i kick my ball over your fence it's either hey man can i have my ball back or i'm going to burn your entire house down like it we still live that way to other countries we can't just let people live differently um, obviously when there's any type of government who's trying to overstep their bounds and almost recreate like a Hitler regime um, like they tried to do in a lot of Middle Eastern countries and uh, North Korea and stuff like that. Yeah, when there's major problems, we've got to intervene, but I don't think that we have to to the point of making it seem like because there's these problems in the world that we're dealing with them here in America. Or at least that we're not anymore. I, I acknowledge that we did at one point, but uh, I just don't think that we do anymore. And a lot of that comes out of, too, I think this Kavanaugh case that I was talking about. There's a second person now who has come out and said that he did something off-color at a college party or a high school party. Or, yeah, college when they were in Yale together. And... Kavanaugh's coming out going, hey, just so you guys know, we have this hearing and um, the lady, the first lady is going to be able to tell her story and Kavanaugh will be able to uh, rebuttal with his. And Kavanaugh's going, hey, just so you guys know, I've primed for a seat like this my entire life. You understand, I've saved every calendar I've ever had. I have that calendar. I can tell you where I was that night. I have documented proof I wasn't there. And, but we as a country still feel the need to go, oh, well, you know, I, I can't, can't go on his side yet. I can't, cannot come out and say that these two women didn't agree to be political pawns at best. They agreed to come out and try to throw a curveball because they knew eh, in the end, it's not really going to matter. I might just ruin this guy's entire life. What was more important was some political agenda. So their person can get into this place and make these rules and these. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous the way that we treat each other. Um, I'm sorry that this podcast is so goddamn somber. Um, I, I didn't definitely didn't mean it to. Um, <clears throat> I was talking about when we were in Nashville. It was pretty funny that, you know, Nashville is, yes, Tennessee is a southern state, but especially in Nashville, most people f that are there are not from there. You're getting a lot of people coming in from out of town to, to see different things, different bars, different artists, different shows. Most people, I would say, are not from Nashville. And we were seeing a bunch of the soldiers, because we live here in Clarksville. It's only 45 minutes outside of Nashville. And a lot of the soldiers will go into Nashville. And they, I've been there where whatever military town you're in, you kind of take on the persona of those people a little bit. I've seen, I've seen people do that when you go out to the bars and stuff. If, you know, like if you're in Oklahoma, there's going to be some dude in that bar that has like a, a straw hat because he's a farmer. And then all of a sudden you start seeing these soldiers going to the PX buying these straw hats. And it's like, because they're just blending in, they're, they're making it ironically funny that they're not from there. And when we were in Nashville, I swear 
we were walking down the street and this guy's walking down the, and I can tell he's a soldier. I can just tell he's wearing like a U.S. Army shirt. He's got like the faded blue jeans that are kind of tight to his body. He's got cowboy boots on. He's got some kind of camo hat that's bent and has a fish hook in it. But then I swear to you, this guy had a Sharpie skull ring on his back pocket of these like buckle pants. So I know the pants were like a hundred bucks. And this kid was wearing, he had drawn a skull ring in the back right side of his pocket. And I was like, oh boy, this is a, this is a different crowd here in Nashville. This is not the kind of country that I know. When I lived in Ohio, you know, yes, I lived in the inner city of um, Columbus, Ohio. But the kids that I went to high school with, some of them drove in from about 20 some miles away. And they, they did live on farms and stuff. So you had, we really did have a kid that drove his tractor to school. Um, I, he didn't do it long. Obviously, they didn't let him do that. But I think he did it to kind of be funny. It was during like a, a spirit week or something like that. And it was funny because those were real country dudes. And then you see these guys come down to Nashville and they feel like they're supposed to be all this. Because usually their girlfriends are there to see Luke Bryan or Florida Georgia Line or something. So they're trying to fit into this mold so that way they can be more attractive to their spouse. And then when they come home, they put back on their basketball shorts and, and hoodies and go, what the fuck was that all about? <laughs> and I've been guilty of that. I've definitely been guilty of that myself. I just thought that was kind of a funny story. This podcast, I feel like, is going to suck. Um... Have an identity in today's world that kind of goes back to the trigger warnings thing. I just think if you find who you are, what you're interested in, what you're passionate about, what you want your life to reflect, I don't think we'll fall for shit so easy. That's where, yes, I talk about political things and the way that I see them, but I I don't care about politics at all. I really don't. Um, and that's because I have my identity in life. I know what I, who I am, what I try to do, what I try to portray onto others and onto this world i don't pay attention to what people are doing in offices somewhere that i have no control over i just don't see the purpose i think it's i think it's important to stay informed i think it's important to know what other fellow countrymen are talking about and the biggest way to do that's online but even now you know twitter went through and did a huge sweep and they deleted like 14 million profiles and they were all fake robots and even Katy Perry lost like three follow or three million followers when they did it. And it's just because you realize that there's all these fake accounts out there posting all this fake shit, and it's all hateful and it's all this. So you just gotta watch and turn it, you know, find your identity, know what you're chasing in life, but also look outside and realize that it's still a pretty good place. Yeah, we got problems, but it's it's overall a pretty good and awesome place to live, especially here in America. So. And I think the protests and all that kind of stuff just prove that. You have the right to do that kind of stuff. And I think that's very, very neat. Uh, other than that, guys, I think that I covered everything I wanted to talk about, except for one thing. Here's a little side note. Here's a little social media tip for you for, for this Tuesday going into the middle of your week. There's these people on on Instagram especially that keep posting these screenshots of DMs of scammers claiming to be veterans and they're they're claiming that 
I am on some, I am on secret mission, cannot tell you where, you love me? And it's like, okay, you're not busting anyone out. If you got hoodwinked by that, you're not the one that we need giving advice. Because, come on, come on. I go through in spouts, usually, all at one time, and it was around like Veterans Day and stuff. There was, it's usually like middle-aged ladies who are really into the military because either their son's in, their husband was, their uh, whatever. They work in the industry of first responders. And they're always posting, busted another one, no, a piece of shit, faking to be a soldier. If I find out your account's fake, I'll block you, blah, blah, blah. And it's usually after they sent these dudes money. It's like, you got fooled. Nobody else is getting fooled by that. People in common knowledge are not getting fooled by that. Stop. When you read the first thing, hi, how are you, my love, you are beautiful and goddess. Okay, if you choose to respond, you're dumb. You're dumb. Even if you're like, yeah, well, I just like, I just like messing with them. I, you like wasting your time. You, what, you think this is an episode of Maury where you're going to bring him out from behind the backstage and go, ha ha, I got you. No. You're, you got fooled for whatever reason. You got hoodwinked and now you're mad about it. Stop posting the scammers. And like, there's a new thing on social media where these girls are outing these really shitty dudes that just randomly send them dick pics. It's like, guys, one, clean your shit up. Clean it up, please. Um, stop with that. I don't know when that ever became a thing. We, um, when we were kids, we had cameras on our phones and we weren't sending crazy shit like that to each other. I mean, I think some people were, you know, my cousin got in a little bit of trouble because of that. Um, but I don't know. Nobody I ran with did that kind of shit. So guys, keep your, keep your private bits to yourself and stop taking pictures of them and sending them to one another. It's. Save that. Save that for the person that you care about. Um, Alright. This somber... I'm going to call this Somber Sunday. I don't know why I'm, I'm in such a mood today over it. Um, obviously, I think it's the passing of my friend. But today, we're going to go uh, pay our respects and move on. I got a lot of good stuff going on. Got to return some furniture that we bought for the baby. Baby will be here any day now. Um, so we went and bought some... We had to get like last-minute dressers and drawers... And it was such piles of shit from Walmart that they broke and the design wouldn't allow it to put to put it together. And of course, I'm going to say that instead of just saying that I'm an impatient fuck who can't deal with reading an entire sheet of instructions to put something together. Um, but anyway, it ended up breaking because it was very cheap. So we're going to go return that and try to get two pre-assembled dressers. So that way I don't have to have an aneurysm trying to put a dresser together. All right. Guys, for this week, know how much I love you. Know how much you cared about. If you guys need that number, go ahead and rewind through the episode and get that number. Talk to somebody. Talk to anybody. You can DM me. Uh, I'm not a trained professional of any type, but I have been through professional training and also, um, or I've been through like therapists and stuff who have professional training. And I've just lived life. So I, I know what you guys are going through. I can probably relate to. 
So if you guys ever need to, reach out on the DMs. Uh, we also have road2redemptionpodcast at gmail.com. You guys can send emails, letters, um, topics you want covered, questions you may want answered, uh, anything you can send that at road, the number two, redemptionpodcast at gmail.com, or shoot them straight to the Instagram, whatever's easier for y'all. Guys, I love you. I'm out. been getting to me, I just started smoking squares But they ain't getting in my circle, though we still prepared I'm still dealing with some demons that ain't really there Grew up a screw up, pierced my hair and dyed my fucking hair In seventh grade, I didn't have a bed, I had a share The fuck you think I go so hard for, I got out of there Have you ever had somebody try to take your life? Sometimes I ain't safe for myself when I stay up at night Lately, I've been having crazy thoughts Trying to change